0: church, I want to say to you and all the fathers, happy Father's Day. If you're sitting next to your father right now or your grandfather or your spiritual father, you look them in the eye and say, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you. Now, if they're not around you, I want you to text them today and let them know that you appreciate them. You see me wearing a t-shirt today saying, Be Men Well, if you didn't know, this is the name of our men's ministry here at Bethel World Outreach Church. And if you're not involved and you need some help being a man, we wanna help you. Pastor JT, myself, and all the other male pastors want to be in your life. So be encouraged by that today. I wanna pray and then we're gonna get right into the word. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch our lives supernaturally, that you would give us the grace to live purposefully, God, that you in this moment would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and redeemer, and every glad and happy heart say amen. You know, as we look at the landscape of the world today, there's a lot of turbulence going on. And one of the little refrains that I keep hearing over and over again, is it's too late to make a difference. It's too late to make a change. I'm too old to make a change. Even I told somebody, you just need to learn more about what's going on. And they say, it's too late. I've learned all I'm gonna learn. I'm past that point in my life. I was beginning to tell people that you need to walk together in authentic relationship. And they said, it's too late. I'm too set in my ways to change, to benefit another person in relationship. You know. It's too late. It's too late is something that can cause us to live beneath the privilege that God is trying to give us, but yet it's a reality. When you look at the hatred, the vitriol, and all of the negativity that's going on right now, I keep hearing the words, it's too late to make a difference or an adjustment. Yes, we're believing for a change, but not here. It's too late for the heart to change. I want to give you some encouragement. Maybe that's how you really feel, and maybe that's your current reality, but I'm believing that the scripture of the Lord Jesus Christ will give you some encouragement and hope today when you find out that there were some other men in the Bible who thought it was too late for them, too late for their family, too late for their dreams, too late for their community, and yet watch what happens for them. Let's look at 1 Samuel 30, and let's go to the first verse. Now, when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziglag. Now, Ziglag is a place that David went to live after um, he left Israel, and he's now with the Philistines. They had overcome Ziglag and burned it to the ground with fire, taking captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. Verse three. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned fire and their wives and the sons and their daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and they wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Anaheim of Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and his daughters. Now I want to tell you, this scene seems very bad. And one of the refrains that we hear over and over again in, in, in this particular text is that David was absent from zigzag, zigzag. David had left, David wasn't there. And I venture to say before David was absent with his family, he had been absent with God. And I'm saying when you're absent from God, that means you're going to have problems. It's a problem from you. And and when did David become absent from God? I don't think that we just have a a certain level of absence in our homes um, without there being a a, a point when everything was going right and, and something changed. In David's life, Things were going right for him. As a shepherd, he was with God. Uh, um, he was known for doing the right thing, um, but he would do the right thing and get a wrong result from other people, or he would love and get, get hate, or he would get a victory and get jealousy, or or he would have an opportunity to do uh, kill a person who was worthy of death, give them mercy, and yet he would still be pursued. It can be extremely frustrating to stay on the straight and narrow when everyone else is going left and going crooked. He was consistently getting the bat and the stick in his interpersonal relationships and in life and in his pursuit of doing the will of God, it seems like he would do all the right stuff and get get the wrong results. And we know we all hate that. You know, and so I believe that mentality and that reframe of it's too late would begin to show up in him. It's too late for me. It's too late for this people. It's too late for society. And guess what? It's too late to be trusting in God. And, and you can see in David that he begins to take matters into his own hands and, and and he basically excuses himself from the will of God. He excuses himself from the land of God and he goes to the land of his enemy, the Philistines. Have you ever felt like David did? You know, where where you were, your land is the land of the believers, the land of the Christians, but your own disappointment with Christianity makes you say, I'm leaving it. How many times have I met people on the streets or or just out in life, and they say stuff like, I used to be a Christian. I used to be a believer. I used to do everything right and get the wrong results, and it's too late. And see, see that refrain, is coming back. And see, when David was over there with his enemies, one of the things we, we, we discovered is there was no boundaries. There was no rules. He could raid whoever he wanted to raid. He could steal whatever he wanted to steal. He could go wherever he wanted to go. He could kill whoever he wanted to do. And he no longer has someone telling him he was wrong or, or bringing him a conviction. And there's something empowering about feeling like you could do whatever comes to your mind to do. The old David would know it's wrong. But when you're absent from God, you're going to have problems. You see, David probably didn't recognize how big his problems were until he came home from a job interview with a king. He didn't get the job, him and none of his men. He makes a 75-mile, three-day journey back to the house to, to some comfort and finds that his very home is burned. The very thing that he has done to village after village and person after person is happening to him because he's left good character, got into bad character, and now he's experiencing the very pain that he's delivered out to other people. You see, sometimes we don't want to reap what we sow. We just want other people to do that. And David is is, is getting back to his house and he's figuring out that everything of value is gone. He lost his job. He lost his wife, his children. He lost his community, his home, his possessions. He lost his friends. Listen, you know, how many would actually call this like the worst day of his life? It's pretty bad. For many people right now, this world looks like the worst days in your life. These have been the worst months of the year. And you start hearing what God has to say. And you say stuff like, it's too late. It's too late for me to trust you like that. It's too late for me to have that peaceful conversation. It's too late. And then when all fails, David and his mighty men are in tears because they can't solve the problems of this world on their own without God. You know, for temporary moments, our own strength gives us this uh idea that that we could fight anybody, we can outshout anybody, we can outthink anybody somehow we get it caught in our mind that we can do it without God, and then, when we figure out that we can't, we just say it's too late instead of doing something about it, we cry now this this is a deep tear I've cried those tears before I've cried them as recently as this last week where you cry, but no tears come out because you have nothing left. That's a deep pain. And this is what happens. His men, the scripture says, his men begin to think, well, he's the leader. He's the guy we were counting on. He's the father of us all. And, and he doesn't have it right. Let's kill this man. You see, when there's no one, you lose everything and there's no one else to fight. You just start fighting each other. It's just a fighting spirit to stone him. You see, being absent means problems for you. Being absent from God means problems for you. You actually need him. I actually need him. You can't be a man without him. You can't be a good woman without him. You can't have a good family without him. Now you're going to say that's cruel. Pastor James, I'm doing fine without him. It lasts for a little while. But he's the author of life and the finisher. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. I beg you. Now, here's the thing that's encouraging. But each of them was bitter in soul because he had lost his sons and his daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. I love this verse. Another, Another way it is said is David comforted himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David had to build, him back, build himself back up in the Lord. That means even when you're in the depths of a dark place, You can reflect back on the goodness of God and you can start being rescued. See, David probably went back to himself sitting out there in the wilderness by himself, playing his little lyre or playing his little harp, singing and worshiping. And a bear and a lion come up on him saying, I'm going to take your sheep. And the Bible says a grace and an anointing came on him and he was able to deliver the very sheep he was protecting from the mouth of the lion and from the mouth of the bear. But when David was out of place and out of the presence of God and out of the will of God, he was not able to deliver his physical son and his physical wife and his physical daughter and all of his possessions and all of the men that trust him. He couldn't do it then because he was outside of the presence of God in problems. But now he's encouraging himself to remember those times. When God did extraordinary things through his hand and through his worship. Can you imagine David having this moment when he's trying to encourage himself and he's having to go all the way back to the point of Israel being taunted by a giant that's, that's calling them all kinds of names and he comes out with just a slingshot and says, you coming at me with a sword and a spear, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. And he knocks this man out with one stone and chops his head off through the grace and power of God. Whenever he sang or whenever he played an instrument, evil demonic spirits would leave. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you remember what God has done for you? Or perhaps are you being introduced to God and you're feeling the grace of God even now? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 7 says, and David said to Bithithar, the priest, the son of Abimelech, bring me the ephod. He brought the ephod to David. This is a, a, a moment of humility. First, David encourages himself in the Lord because, see, nobody can do that part. No, 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 Nobody can control you. No church can control you. Your spouse can't control you. Your kids can't control you. Society can't really control you. You, you know, encouraging yourself in the Lord, trusting God for the, for a narrative where he is speaking to you, ministering to you, causing you to remember, you've got to do that. But then he calls for help. One of the things I believe that we're forgetting to do in the body of Christ is call for help. Because if you, if being outside of the presence of God brings problems, then guess what? Being in the presence of God means solutions for you. And, and being in the presence of God, the Bible says, well, you can get two or three gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. If you don't have the strength to, to really actually get in touch with God on your own, you get to a prayer partner. You get, get to church, get, get with another praying man, get to somebody who knows God. David got to the priest. David got to the house of God. I know that you could be living in a world right now where you have lost everything and lost hope. But getting to the house of God is the right thing to do. David knew that he got to the priest. And the priest made sacrifice, and the priest got themselves in the position where they can get in partnership with him to tell him that thus saith the Lord. And he asked a question, and I believe this is an act of humility to not tell God what you need him to do, to to, uh uh or to try to control what's going on. He, in humility, asked God a question. He said, and David inquired of the Lord, says, Shall I pursue after this band? I know that the world is so messed up right now. It's hard to pause and think that communion and communication and prayer to God is actually an effective tool. But David, as strong as he is, is David is as empowered as he is. He realizes while he's at the bottom that life's not over. Life's not over. Life is not over. He inquired of the Lord. It's something about inquiring what God has to say to your situation that changes it. And the humility is, Lord, I know I want to pursue him. I know I want to get back what you've given me. I know I ordinarily wouldn't talk to you about what I need to do as a man, but I'm being a real man right now. I'm being a man and I'm asking you, what shall I do? Do I pursue him? And here's the good news. Shall I overtake him? He says. And the Lord answered him, pursue him for you shall overtake them; You shall surely rescue them. Now, this is the best news you can get. I know you thought it was too late. I know you thought the loss was too great. But when you get a word from God on what to do and a promise that says you're going to accomplish what he said you're going to do, you're in business. So if he tells you like he told Joshua to march around the city seven times and the wall is going to come down, I've given you the city. Then you can bet when you walk, you're going to get what God says. I don't know what the enemy has told you you're held out of. I don't know what lie he's told you that you can't have. But when God speaks to you what you can do, he also promises you that he's going to bring you all the way through to it. He says, not only are you going to get this in verse eight, that you shall overtake them and the answer, pursue them. You shall rescue them. In another version, it says, you shall rescue your whole family. Your wife is counting on you, sir. Your son is counting on you, sir. Your daughter is counting on you. Hey, the men of your community are counting on you. That's why I love the scripture that says, Luke 18, 1, men should always pray and not faint. Give up, cave in, quit, go missing. Get so low, so dark that you don't inquire of the Lord. But we should cry out to him night and day. This is what men do. Men always pray. You know you're being a man. You know you're being a father. You know you're going to the next level when you Start praying, inquiring of the Lord. You got help. I don't know what to do. Get to the church. Get to the priest. You've got a word. Listen to me. Families of Bethel. Men, you've got a word. The city is yours. Your family is your. Well, you don't know. She told me she wants a divorce. Well, tell her what God told you. It still stands. My kids say they, they still mad at me for stuff I did and, and they don't want to be with me. Tell them you're sorry. I wish my father, my natural father, when he was living, he was abusive. We had to run from him. It's a long story. I'll tell you in, in another sermon. But And it was painful when I found out that he had another family. It was painful when I found out he lived four blocks from me. Four blocks. No relationship. And I'm telling you, when you're not being with God, you're going to have problems. But when you're in the presence of God, you start getting solutions. The solution would be, hey, get up and you can get your family. I remember him not having hope that it could be recovered. But all things are possible with God. I believe you still have a chance with God. Inquire the Lord, get a promise. Don't bring me the solution, I, I, uh, excuse me, the, the excuses. I, I just kind of heard that in my spirit. Somebody just gave some, some some excuses why you can't. No, inquire of God. He's going to give you a word to save your family. Now watch this. After you inquire, you can't get stuck there at inquiry. You can't get stuck at a word. A word has to be dealt with. So David set out. This is what you do with a word. You act on it. You do something with it. David said, I'm not just going to hear God tell me I can get my stuff back. I'm going to go get it. I'm not going to hear the preacher telling me that I can have my family if I go after them and then not do it. Go after your family. Go after your daughter you haven't spoken to. Go after your son you haven't spoken to. Jesus is giving you a word that you will surely recover them. Don't give up. Don't cave in, quit. Men are always to pray, not faint. He said 600 men were with him and they came to a brook of bazaar and and some of them got tired and he left them there. You see, just because you have a word doesn't mean you won't have a hiccup. Just because you've got a, a, a word of recovery doesn't mean it won't be a bump in the road. The men that were with him had traveled you know, 75 miles and they've been crying and, and and they were weary and everybody everybody couldn't make it. But something about when a man stands up, it says, I know a few of you can't make it, but the word said we were surely going to get everything back. So I'm going to cut my forces into a third. Y'all just rest. He doesn't say he, he has uh, no hope. This to me would be the moment to cry. We lost 200 men. We were going to need them. God can save by many or by few. See, when you're talking about God's might and you're not talking about your own might, all things are possible with God, but with men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So stop saying it's too late because when God gets on the inside, it's not too late. It's not too late to receive or see a reverse in all of the negative narrative that's going on right now. It's not too late. You know what you got to do? You got to pursue by acting on the solutions, and it'll give you victory. Now, let's keep watching what David did in verse 10. He said, and David pursued he and the 400, and some were too exhausted. And then here's what the scripture says in verse 11. He ran into an Egyptian who was open in the country. He was sick, and he needed food, and they started caring for him. Look, David is trying to recover his family, and now he's running into a guy who has needs. He don't have time for this guy. I'm trying to get my family back. But just like the Good Samaritan, the men who are in their broken condition recover their humanity and they start seeing all people as valuable. See, when the spirit of the father is upon you, you don't just see your blood children as important. You see all God's children as important. Being a father is not just connected to your nuclear family. It's, it's it's your spiritual family. It's it's the world around you. It's a spirit. We just like God the Father, He how He loves us. And I love that they stopped for this man. And let me paraphrase this, this group of scripture because it's a little lengthy. They begin to feed him, give him water, give him cakes, give him everything he needs. And when he was satisfied, and when he, the scripture was rested and okay, they then had a conversation with him. Well, who are you? Where are you from? Do you know how many things are solved when we as a people just have a conversation? I know you don't want to talk, but you've got to stop even when you're hurting and help another hurting person. And then guess what? You've got to talk to them. To ask them who they are where they're from because there could be no reconciliation without relationship and he and so he's talking to a guy he doesn't know and the guy says I had a hard time I was sick my I was i I, I was with a guy and he just left me here we was raiding as zigzag and we burned it down now David is talking to the man he's mad at And because he had been in a God place of service, he wasn't in a place of anger. He was in a place of negotiation. And he began to talk to him and say, look, I won't hurt you. Can you just help me recover what I was lost? What if our lives move from pain to conversation? And the statement was, I know you were part of my pain, but can you help me recover what I lost? Oh, Jesus, then the world would be a little bit different right now. Then peace would reign. Joy would start coming back because that man said, we're talking like this. And you're going to kind of forgive my part in the narrative. Let me tell you where your stuff is. Let me tell you how to recover all the stuff you lost. And the Bible says, verse 18, he recovered everything. Man, that's Christmas. You mean to tell me I went from my darkest, deepest, most broken place, ended up pursuing the solutions that God gave me, and God's given me victory by giving me more, giving me everything I had. Now, listen, he said he recovered everything. His wives, he said, nothing was missing from the smallest to the greatest treasure. None of the sons, none of the daughters, none of the property of any kind. David brought everything home. It goes on to say that they plundered what their enemy had. They got more stuff. You see, even when man doesn't know how to give you what you think is due, God does. So you don't have to fight man, you have to work God's plan. I want you to know, the Bible says when a righteous man rules, there's great glory. When a righteous man is hidden, he said, He said, when wickedness rules, a righteous man is hidden. What if we were just fathers this show? You know how happy your wife would be? You know how happy uh, your ex-wife would be? You know how happy your, your stepchildren would be? Your natural children would be? You know how happy the community would be? You know, because, you know, it's something when a man comes to the Lord. You see, when a child comes to the Lord, only 3.7% of the family. When a woman comes to the Lord, you know, 17%. When a man comes to the Lord, Ninety-three percent of his family comes. You have the power on this day to give the greatest gift. I want to remind you that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he doesn't run from what's wrong. He gets involved in what's wrong and he becomes The difference, God, the father, even though you may have run from him like David, just like the prodigal son, when he sees you coming, he'll run and hug you and kiss you and love you. God is not through with you. He knew David was killing. He knew David was stealing. He knew David stewarded his family poorly, but in the mercy of God, and I don't understand the mercy of God, in the mercy of God, He restored everything David lost and reminded him he was called to be a king and a leader. Let me remind you, I don't care how far you are from God. He made you a king. He made you a leader. And your sin can't tell you it's too late. It's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to do the right thing. Because in doing the right thing, you'll get the right result. The right thing is for you to say, Jesus, I'm coming home and I'm getting everything back for my family, my community, my friends. Jesus, some of you saying I'm going to start a relationship with you wherever you are coming home or being introduced to Jesus the saint for the first time. I believe one prayer for both will do. Say this with me. If you're home, you can say it under your breath. If you say it out loud. You could you can. You can call in, type in, write in, whatever you want to do, but say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. I believe you offered salvation to me. I believe you're the difference in my life. I inquire of you. Be Lord of my life for the rest of my life. I accept you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want good good news for you now. Whoever call on the name of the Lord is saved. Once you call Jesus Lord from your heart, you're saved. You're recovered if you're backslidden. And guess what? You're going to get everything. It's a promise from God. You'll get everything back you lost. Go into peace and blessing of God. Happy Father's Day. I love you. I'll see you tonight at our walk, our Unite walk at the courthouse, 7 p.m. I love you. God bless you. You being here made a difference. We believe that in listening to God's word, being in his presence doesn't just make a change in you, but that it will actually pour out of you and into the world. To stay connected with us during the week, make sure you grab your phone and find us on Instagram at Bethel World and Facebook at Bethel World Outreach Church. Now, if you need prayer for anything, scan the QR code that's on the screen with your phone and that will take you to a page where you can get prayed for by a pastor or a ministry team leader. Thank you for joining us as together we're reaching a city to touch the world.